Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The most Darwin Nunes thing oh that could possibly face. happen. And the reason why we absolutely adore him. Nice simple touch on his left foot. Misses it, lad. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Opens Doesn't all. give up, lad. Gets cheered yeah. by the crowd. He can hear it. He's in his head. And he's like, watch this, the fame you're watching, yeah? Takes the man on on the wing. Slots it top in. Runs to the crowd and goes, what, lads? <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Liverpool Groove. Um, want to start off by just saying rest in peace to Bill Kenneth. Um, he, he the news hadn't broke uh, of his passing last time we recorded, so this is the first chance we were having to say. And you know, um, he was just he was a good man. Um, I think first and foremost he was he was a scouser. Um, he he was very very vocal in his in his support for the for the Hillsborough Justice campaign and towards the families he was always so vocal about that and um you know playing he ain't heavy at Goodison, Goodison after the the first sort of justice bit of justice he got um yeah like I say he was just he was a good man he loved his club um for all its flaws <laughs> um he. He never stopped loving them, and you can't mm. you can't knock him for that. And as I say, he was, he was just a good man. Yeah, and it's sad to be honest. Uh, I think obviously I seen tweets from Joe Anderson, and I think they were fucking poorly timed. But I think there was a bit of truth in them. Um, he got a lot of hell from Evertonians, and obviously I think if they'd have known the conditions, they'd have toned it down a bit. Um, but he he was disliked for loving his club more than anyone else, and that's that's the be all and end all of it. He loved them too much to let go. And, you know, I think David Moore's had a similar thing with Liverpool at one point where we were breaking out of that position where we needed to grow a little bit. And under his ownership, we couldn't. So eventually he, he had the bottle to let it go, but Bill didn't quite get there. But yeah, lovely fella. Done all sorts for the city. Done all sorts for the communities. The, as you say, Hillsborough, the Hillsborough families. He stood in front of a, a packed Anfield as an Everton owner and spoke regarding the tragedy and how the city come together. And the famous quote, you picked on the wrong mums, give me shivers, I was there that day. And he was also discussing how he used to go to Anfield with his, his uncle or his granddad. And that's how it was back then. He used to, whoever was at home, you'd go and watch. So, yeah, yeah nice fella. Talented fella in his productions as well. And, the stuff he's put his money into, like Blood Brothers, and so I think I hope he gets a um, a nice send off from the Evertonians because he does deserve it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean you've you've hit the nail on the head, and I think I think I was there that day as well when he when he gave that speech, and it's one of the it's one of the best speeches you you heard at the at the memorials, and you know we got a standing ovation from from Liverpool fans largely. So. Um, yeah, it's a, it was a sad day for for the city. I know some Everton fans. I've seen it on Twitter. Um, obviously, like you, you mentioned there, don't don't agree with the sentiment behind it. But at the end of the day, like I said, this was just 
a scouse man who loved his club and just wanted the best for it. It wasn't always, it didn't always go that way for him. Um, but like you said, he he loved them to a fault. As well, lad, I think like Evertonians have made up like conspiracy theories, like saying like no one else would buy them because he was he wouldn't leave and stuff like that. I think that's a load of made up bollocks, to be honest. Because the club aren't going to release that sort of statement. If they mm. want want to sell the club, whoever's the whoever owns the most of the club sells the club. It's as simple as that. Um, and I say I think everyone on the board, higher up on the hierarchy of Everton, admired him. He was the the voice of the fans. He, he was sort of like a, you know, the spirit of Shankly Union. We've got board members who represent Liverpool fans. He'd done that from an ownership point of view, so you can only imagine what that felt like for him. And then to not be able to fulfil his dreams and stuff like that, it, it, it's sad from a football love story point of view, but as a Liverpool fan, it's not. Um, we're delighted that they're in the position they are. You can't blame one man, and you can't blame right. He largely had loads of members of staff who've been involved, and it's nice to have a, a voice that you know sees the game the same as the fans. You know, cry when goals go in, and when four you're on against you, and you feel it with your heart on your sleeve. So you, you can't knock him for everything he's done for the club and everything he's felt for the club. So I'll just end it with rest in peace, Bill. He ain't heavy. Yeah. Um. And yeah, just another thing to touch on um, before we get into the to the games and things like that. Obviously, the situation with uh, Louis Diaz and and his parents. Um, it's it's a it's a mad one. You don't really know what what to say. In it, it's a situation like Klopp said. It's you know he's done a thousand games in management and never thought he'd have to talk about something like this. And you know the football uh, seems like inconsequential at the minute with, with that going on for him but obviously um you know his mum <clears throat> his mum's back with the family um hopefully the news about his dad being back with the family won't be too far behind it but obviously we just want to give our you know best wishes and hope and pray that his his, his dad's found and is safe. Yeah it's scary. Uh, I went to like a, a morning thing with Bruce Groblager today. And he was saying, like being like from Africa and stuff like that, it was it was a well known thing. The likes of then Central countries and then the South American countries where they do have cartels and stuff like that. He said it's horrific. It's, it's as soon as you make a jump like that to Liverpool, then you know that there's there's money on your family's head, and they don't live like in big luxury houses over there. They just live a normal standard life. Obviously, they'll have what they need, but they don't like the change. I think they try and be discreet to to stay away from that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, that's why the likes of Firmino and that was adamant that his, his mum and dad came with him to Liverpool because he didn't want that to happen. So, like, it must be horrific getting your dream, playing football for money, and then being petrified that your mum and dad can get kidnapped and potentially and killed. It's, it's scary, lad. So, yeah, football means absolutely football in the context of what's happening. Hmm. Yeah, and I think a few people have, have said that, you know, once <clears throat> once his dad is, is found and is safe, I think that's gotta be the next step for, for Diaz is, is bring them over to bring them to Liverpool. Um yeah. he hasn't he doesn't need that he doesn't need that worry, his family don't need that worry. Um, you know, he's I'm sure he's got kids and 
you know, or loads of family that, you know, just love his parents and that's so how he, he just he doesn't need it. Bring them to Liverpool when when they're both safe. Yeah, it's just do you know what's scary is the politics in it. If you think of if every Premier League player from like South America and places like that did it and they all they all moved the family over. You're talking thousands of people. And it's whether the politics allow that to happen. Mm. This it fucking doesn't like anyone who's not from here. It's scary. Um Yeah. That's the fucking agenda that the government's pushing in it, that everyone that's coming here is a fucking problem. So I think it is. It's a it's fucking hard. It's going to be a hard task. I don't think it is as simple as just bring me family over um, where it should be. He's going to fucking house them. He's going to make sure the support is paid for. So I don't see the problem. Yeah. No, no, it's it's a it's a mad situation, like we say. But um, yeah, we just, like I say, hope that his dad's found and, and everything get resolved smoothly for him but um yeah best wishes louie um right let's let's move on <laughs> to the games then so uh sunday we obviously played uh forest completely forgot for a, a millisecond there who we played <laughs> feels like it was a lifetime ago that we fucking played them um very comfortable game in all fairness um didn't let them attack didn't let them really do anything um once that first goal went in, it kind of just all fell into place. Then it was just a matter of time. Yeah, uh, good start from Liverpool on the offensive from the off, as you'd expect against Forest. Um, so I thought Nunes got into great, great areas and probably could have got an attack. Um, obviously, the cause of the first goal, Nunes onto the keeper. Thought keeper was terrible. To be fair, to Turner. Mm. Thought he had a bad game. He kept parrying things out into our path. We could have scored six or seven. Yeah. But yeah, it's good that when you see us not take two 0 up at half time, could take the foot off the gas. We never we carried on going for goal. I think Sobislav had a brilliant chance that just went past the post and Salah the same. So it was good to see us going going on the offensive and defending well. I think they had two chances that were chances. I think they hit the underside of the bar and one that Allison picked up. Comfortably, so mm. uh, it was a yeah, really it, pretty straightforward game. I was I was open to be going, so got speaking to Ragnall from Hotel Tia. Uh, she said she might be able to offer me and me dad two tickets. We ended up going on the Bruce Grobla morning. Had a fucking wasn't meant to be Bevian, meant to be going for a cup of tea with Bruce. Fucking hell, got there at half ten. Prosecco, bottle prony. Fucking no tickets came our way. I had to watch the match on our phone. Kept stuttering. Fucking nightmare. But seeing it. So yeah, easy, nice easy game. Good little day. So quite happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Turner. He he was sort of the difference in a way between it being more and, but obviously he was the cause of two of our goals at the same time. <laughs> he had a. It was a very yeah, fucking mad performance. He saved, he saved the initial shots. Which he's done well to save, but it's what he's done with the ball. So mm. if you get me, like they talk about angles and areas and where you should parry the ball and that, and it just kept coming back to us. Got yeah. open. I think but, for Salas, like I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why. But when I've watched that goal over and over, and I still, I don't think that makes a difference. I think Salas still gets through. I don't think the defender gets that ball. It's gone over him, and as he turns around. As it's gone past them, the keeper's there in his way anyway, which the ball still gets past them initially. In my point of view, I think Salah picks that up and goes one on one and goal anyway. Yeah, maybe I don't know. It it seemed like 
there was a mix up in, in communication. It's like they both kind of said leave it and they've both left it. Um and it's just, you know, why he's even decided to come out there in the first place, I have no idea. Like you said, he, he had he didn't need to be there. The defender, yeah, he, I, I still probably believe Salah would have went on and, and at least went one on one to keep it anyway. But the defender on the face of it had it covered. Um yeah. so I, well, I, I don't get it. But look it's what a ball though. What a pass. Well look, that's what we've been kinda that's what we missed last season. And um, we only really get with with Thiago when he when he when he's fit. We hey. we, we we never really had that player who, who picks his head up on the edge of the box and looks up for the pass. It was always pass it out, pass it out, pass and it's like fifteen passes to get from fucking the left side of the pitch to the right side of the pitch. Yeah. And then by that time the defence is all back and the chance is gone. So I was like, Chester picks his head up and the ball's gone and Salah's got an open goal. Um yeah, pass. So yeah, fair play to him. Um but I don't know if you've seen the tweet from that inverted invert the wing. Sobersly's not that good, lad. He lacks pause. He lacks what? Pause. Oh, does he? Yeah. <laughs> so he's not he's not that good. Um unfortunately we we're bigging him up for no reason. Um, I've just seen a brilliant, a brilliant thing from um I don't even know who said it now actually. Just seen Danny Murphy saying he's got everything. I think it was Danny Murphy who actually spoke sense for once, saying yeah. if Bellingham weren't doing what he was doing, then Sobosly would be in the same category of conversation. You know what I mean? Like obviously Bellingham's gone to a level beyond which mm. everyone expected because it's from a did that, but Sobosly is absolutely standing out a mile for the, what we've paid for him for what our expectations were from him as a lad, we haven't really seen a lot of. It's a fucking masterclass from Klopp to, to go and get him in our team. To be honest, in terms of like midfield signings this summer, not including Bellingham, just Premier League, I think the only one who comes, who's in the same bracket as him in terms of how impressive being is James Madison for, for Tottenham because yeah. you've got to say he has been fantastic for them, but... What people have got to remember, there's obviously people are going to go, ah, but he's not as good as Madison and this, that, and the other. But you play completely different roles in the team. You can't compare them. Um, yeah, you can. You've got to I just think... say Madison's been fantastic for Spurs. Sobersly's been fantastic for us. It it doesn't have to. It doesn't always have to be. Ah, oh, he's better than him, and he's better than him. It's like both players are working well for their systems. That's it. You can't. It's the certain players you can't compare. Like you can't compare Endo with Sobersly because they have different roles completely. Mm. Sobersly I've compared to Joe Al. Um, sorry. Endo to like Joe Allen. <laughs> Sorry, so I was like, not you. <laughs> uh, no, that's not. I like Joe Allen to be fair, yeah. but that he played. He played that role of just getting the ball, winning it back, and playing a simple pass to players who were better than him. And that's all that Endo does. I don't see him doesn't do much wrong when he's when he's on the pitch. He fights. He, he wins the ball back. But yeah, it's great. It's great to see McAllister as well won the game against Forest. Um, even from a deep role. He's come out again and said he's not really asked where he plays as long as he's he's if he's asked to play anywhere by the manager he'll play there. And mm. That's the attitude you want. You don't want him to come out and go, oh, it's not going as well as we'd like because I'm in the wrong position. I don't want to play there. He's come out and said, I'll fucking put the red shirt on. I'll play anywhere. And you know he can pick a pass out from. I think he plays the initial ball through to to Salah in the first goal against Forest. Then plays it to Nunes. Mm. Um. And it just literally cuts three, four players out the midfield straight away, straight to Salah. A simple ball. Yeah, it's ticking nicely, lad. It is. And, yeah. and to be honest, we've said it before. There's no expectations on this team this season. We want to be better than last season. 
but there's no pressure on us. We've just got to improve. We've got to try and get in the top four. And the way we're performing, the way we're winning games, some of the tough games we're grinding points out in, you've just got to be proud of them and think, fucking hell, this is this is a new era and it's it's looking good. It's as exciting as it was the first time round. You just can't mm. wait for the like if you remember the Chelsea game, lad. We wanted the season to end. <laughs> fucking hell. So so over the top. But now you just can't wait for the weekends. You can't wait for Thursday nights. Mm. You want you want Liverpool to be on your telly or you want to be in the ground. You want to be watching them because they're exciting again. They're working hard. They're looking like a proper team. And it is just the start again. It's, yeah. it's literally the fucking start. So it is exciting times, lad. Yeah, I mean, I think McAllister, I think, he's, I think he is actually starting to adapt to the number six role quite well. I thought he mopped up everything against Forrest. Um, I thought I thought he was very very good, um, and Endo Endo's been the same. I think he's he's adapting to English football. Now you can you can see it. Um, even the bits I did see last night, I thought he was I thought he was really good. And um, you know I think what what we're I think we're doing him a bit of a dis a disservice to be honest because yeah he's great at mopping the ball up and just breaking up play and stuff like that. But he can pick he picks his head up and he can pick a pass out. Um, so. Just having someone again, we kind of said it. He, he's looking like he might be a bit of a fucking a little bargain in the end. At the end, because no one was really interested in him, and then we've just popped up with a you know eighteen million pound bid, and it's just kind of been out of nowhere. We've kind of all just gone, we'll give him a chance. And to be honest, I think he's exceeding expectations. Yeah, yes. Say some people haven't fucking shot before he even signed for us and was embarrassed that he was signing a thirty-year-old, but. You know, there's a reason why. And apparently clubs wanted him for a while. But on the, the our policy, it's never been able to happen. But he fucking overruled it. Yeah. He said that himself. He said our policy doesn't allow this to happen, but we made sure it happened. So yeah, you see some players some players come in and they set the world on fire. Sobus like comes in, an absolute superstar. Diaz done it when he came in, Jota done it when he came in, but it doesn't happen all the time. We are fortunate that it has happened loads, but it can't happen all the time. Not every player comes and is just a fucking masterstroke from the off, but eventually they grow into it. McAllister's learning that number six role on the job, playing for Liverpool on the pitch and in training. He's not getting like fucking three to six months, just like the old days where you can pick it up in training and then go into the team and play the role. You know what I mean? He's learning on the pitch, so he's going to make mistakes. You've just got to hang, hang with him and go. He's a fucking brilliant player. It'll work out, and it's looking better and better each week. Yeah, yeah. Um, wanted to just ask you about obviously the club and Spirit of Shankly have been under some. Um, I wouldn't say pressure, but the, the people have been calling them out uh, over the stance with in terms of flags in the ground. Obviously, I don't know if you've seen um, Anfield Banners ad is Endo flag confiscated. Um, he's been putting his banners up in the main stand for the last seven years, and now all of a sudden he's not allowed to. Um, Spirit of Shankly, obviously, <clears throat> look, I'm a massive fan. Spirit of Shankly, everything they've done, I know you're the same. Um, but I think the way they've the way they've gone about this leaves a bit of a bit of a sour taste. Um, you know, I think the fan with the with Ukraine flags. 
but Palestine flags is is a no go. It just seems a bit. It just seems a bit mad, and I and I've said this before. I know the situations aren't the same with the with the conflicts, and I understand that. Um, <clears throat> but I just feel like they can, they can because they are. But I feel like they shouldn't be picking and choosing when you want to support a particular a particular side in a conflict, and when you don't. It's 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 fucking dead hard, lads. It's it's political and it's it's mad. Like you try and say keep politics out of football and spread a shankly quote at that, but then on the same post there was a picture of Shankly with vote Labour. You know, mm. so I, I get it, I get the the sour taste from from fans, but I do think it's a stance. I think they're just trying to distance themselves from it completely and utterly have no say in it because you know, you might have some Muslims who are, who are Liverpool fans and some Jews who are Liverpool fans and either flag could upset one or the other. You know what I mean? And it is, it's a fucking, it's not like, not like the way Russia just went straight into to Ukraine and started to take over. It's it's an ongoing battle, it's an ongoing war and what people need to realise is Hamas is in Palestine. Mm. You know what I mean? You can want Palestine to be fucking safe and people to be safe and not support terrorists. Um, they should be we should be filling the stadium with Palestine flags because of fucking I think today that it's recorded nine thousand civilians dead. You know what I mean? It's yeah. fucking petrifying, lad. Me, it, it's horrible. I'm scared to pick my phone up in the morning. I'm seeing fucking babies getting pulled out of rubble and people, little kids have been shot and stuff like that, lad. It's sickening. Um, I I don't get why the club haven't made a full statement. If the club made a statement saying, listen. We understand we've got fans from both sides. We've got fans in Israel, we've got fans in Palestine, and we don't want to upset either, so we're keeping neutral. You could accept that. Mm. You could sort of accept it if they come out and told us what was happening, but you can't say, oh, everyone lift a, a yellow and blue flag up for Ukraine, but put fucking grabbing people out the crowd because they've got three Palestine hoodies on and T-shirts, which are seen as well. So it's no good, I think. Spirit of Shankly need to make a statement where their stance is. I think the club need to make a statement in regards to flags with national symbols on. Like, what the fuck? Why can't you have the Japan flag on the main stand in support of Endo? Why can't like makes no sense to me at all. Like it's no. what <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. The fact that he's had flags there for, I've seen a brilliant comment from him. The fact that he's had the flags there for seven years. And they're saying it's like health and safety risk. He said, well, you've fucking impeded the health and safety of our fans for seven years then, haven't you? So <laughs> we should be punished. <laughs> it's true. They're doing nothing. They're just mm. hanging there. Um, he, his flags, his works up in the Liverpool shop. Because mm. most sellers had the Egypt flag that he put the fucking design on to. Yeah, they used his yeah. banners as part of the fucking kit launch last season. Yeah, so I don't, I don't get it. I just don't know... You know, you don't know everything. You don't know what he's saying is 100% true. I, I bet my life it probably is. But if he's been a little bit fucking out of touch with the way he's spoken that and being a little bit funny with the club, then it only takes one power happy gobshite to just fucking do what they're doing. And yeah. it sounds that way. It sounds that way every week, to be honest. The stewards are fucking are casing people to sit down and taking flags off people. Um, I don't know if you've seen like, the one video of a steward asking uh, asking someone to take the Palestine flag down. And in fairness to him, he was sound about it. Like, he, he 
you could tell he didn't want to ask him to take it down, but you know he he, he can't risk his job at the end of the day for no. for it. And he's you know he said we've had that conversation with the club, trying to understand why they're asking us to do it kind of thing. And yeah, no no real will to him. He, as I say, he's just he's just doing a job he's he's being told to do. Unfortunately, that's the thing. Like, if there's one or two flags on there, and you've got the power to take it off someone to go now. If you feel if everyone takes one in, you can't do football. No. It's the same with the standing. We used to say you can tell you can tell four people standing up to sit down. They have to. So everyone else is sat down. Everyone stands up. Just tell them to fuck off. You can't yeah. kick it off. You can't arrest everyone. So it, it's doing things in in groups. I've seen that lad who done a fundraiser mm. for flags and stuff, and people were ridiculing him. And I seen another lad who was saying that he got his he got kicked out, and no one stood by him, but. I just think it's just a fucking very horrible situation where people are scared to offend anyone or show a side, which mm-hmm. I don't think by not wanting innocent people to die, I don't think you're picking a side. I think you're just a fucking normal human being. You know what I mean? You're not condoning terrorism by mm-hmm. not wanting people to be dead. So, yeah, it's just a horrible situation. And the rest of the world's just stood by and watching it. Mm-hmm. So, I think everyone. You know, if one big force went out there and went, right, fucking let's stop this, then you'd get all your little bandwagon jumpers. If if Man United tomorrow put free Palestine on a mural, Liverpool would follow them. Mm. That's just, a, it's just what, if everyone started doing it, the problem we've got is it's like the way the media are, the way the media is led, we're not allowed to see what's really happening unless it's on someone's video. Seeing hundreds of thousands of people protesting, but it's not making the news. <laughs> Seen yeah. it in Amsterdam live, talking, couldn't get past the road for half an hour. That many people walking past with flags, no animosity, no aggression, just asking for freedom. Well, what's not to fucking support about that? You know what I mean? But it doesn't make the news, doesn't make the media because it's, no. it's. I think we're fucking. We must be back in Israel somewhere along the line. It's it. Well, yeah, probably. Well, I think deep kind of. Admitted they are both sides, you know. Keir Starmer saying that a ceasefire isn't isn't the option, and um, but look, I don't want to go there with that. But the one thing I've noticed about people supporting Palestine, um, is it pisses off the right people. Yeah. Um, it pisses off your Tories. It pisses off people like Lawrence Fox. Um, it pisses off you know people like Boris Johnson, like Keir Starmer. It pisses these people off, uh, and that tells me all I need to know. I, yeah. I I know I'm supporting the right thing if it pisses those people off. So, yeah, like you said, supporting Palestine isn't, isn't supporting Hamas in any way, shape or form. It's wanting innocent people to not lose their lives, which they are by the fucking thousands daily. Um, and if you're against that, then yet there's something fucking tapped in your head. Um, the only way I can analyse it, it's like having 20 people in the cop and saying, do you know what, it's absolutely right. One of them's punched one of your mates. Go in and shoot the whole cop. Mm. Go and shoot the whole cop dead, just in case you miss them twenty people. That's exactly what's happened. Yeah, it's that that simple. It's and fucking Hamas will be under tunnels anyway. You won't find them. Mm. But and they're not interested in the nine thousand civilians to kill them. Yeah, got no fucking no soul. They're not interested in anyone living or dying as long as they're mm. causing fucking issues. But. Let's fucking move on from that because I'm depressed. 
No, well, you know what? I was just going to say last thing on it. Like, I don't know if you're onto him here, that James O'Brien from LBC. Um, he had someone call into his radio show and made a, and he, he just ended them with one question. And he said, if Hamas was hiding in Israel, would the Israelis bomb a hospital in Israel just to make sure that they got Hamas? And he couldn't answer it. And that, exactly. that's that's what it boils down to. But look, like I said, I didn't... There's no, I logic, didn't... There's no logic in the people saying that they're right to do it. There's no logic in Keir Starmer saying, oh, there shouldn't be a ceasefire because it means they mightn't get Hamas. Fucking hell, if they haven't got them now, they're never getting them, are they? Because 9,000 no. people dead. Hmm. But yeah, fucking hell. Football, yeah. <laughs> fo- football clubs. No, I know. Do you know what? It's the same, like Black Lives Matter. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. They, as soon as one club went on the knee, Everyone wanted to go on the knee to show support. It just needs one big outfit to say, you know what? The world's fucked. He's all wrong. Let's do this. Let's yeah. show support. And everyone else will jump on the bandwagon. Before mm. you know it, lad, you know, there'll be fucking, there'll be all sorts of Palestinian flags everywhere. And it's right. Yeah. Thought Celtics were phenomenal as well. Fair yeah, fair play. Um, well, look, as I say, I, I didn't want to sort of dive too much into it, but I thought it, it, it needed mentioning because. Um, like I said, there's been a lot of people pissed off with the club and spit at a shangly so um it needed to address them. But look, on to last night's game. Um <clears throat> tough conditions for them. I haven't seen much of it, I'll be honest. Um watched the highlights last night. But yeah, tough conditions. Um second half it looked like Bournemouth actually played well from what I've seen. Um I asked on, on Twitter how we were playing and people were saying we were shit. <laughs> And then Darwin fucking scores the most Darwin Nunes goal of all time. Um, miscontrols it, nearly goes out for the, for a throw, and then turns into prime Louis Dia- uh, Louis Suarez. <laughs> so yeah, look, we're in the half of the next round. Um, that's all that matters. Yeah, to be fair, what I've seen in the game, I've looked at the highlights, and that it was a lot closer than the Forest game. Um, I think Callagher made two or three good saves, and uh, they keeper made a few as well. Quite close in the stats, we had more possession, but you know we played a weakened team. So called, we've got young lads like Quanta absolutely standing out a mile, get a man of the match for us anyway. Fucking getting all the plaudits. Gomez played well, we're creating chances, and then yeah, you've got the the Gakpole goal, which what you'd expect off him. Little poachers goal, mm. goal they scored was a bit. Poor defensively. I think we, we kept to the zone too much. Gomez, if he'd have stepped off the line, would have, would have been able to put him off. And then, yeah, Darwin Nunes. Just, it's Darwin Nunes. The pass from Trent as well, by the way. First time pass, right into his feet. I'm blaming the wind because there was a fucking hurricane. <laughs> and it's gone past him. I love the fact that you can hear their fans cheer so loud when he mistouches it. And then, Without within what a fucking flash within two or three seconds, he's he's at the edge of your box and the balls in the net and it's just a when I seen on Sky Sports News and he was trying to blame the goalie and there's just not a fucking chance in hell he's getting that. No, it doesn't go right in the corner, but the way it dips and loops, lad, it's just a fucking. St- it it actually looks like it's gonna bend right into the corner and then somehow doesn't and goes yeah. over. I think just a brilliant finish and you know. Just every time I see him, I just I get little flashbacks of other players, and that's only credit to Nunes. You see, as you just said there, you've seen a bit of Suarez in him yesterday. You've seen bits of Torres in him, 
poacher goals like Rush and Fowler. He's just got a bit of everything in him. And he's a fucking lunatic. And I just love him. He is Captain Chaos. And that's it. And all it needs at the minute, you know, you had some Divi on, on Twitter saying um, he can score 30 goals a season, but you'll never convince me that a player with a bat with his first touch like that will be world class. And it's like most Salah miscontrols the ball fucking all the time. Romelu Lukaku, as someone pointed out, has got one of the worst fucking first touches in world football ever. But the goals he scored, the things he's won, you can't say that at one point he, he wasn't world class. It's like, who gives a fuck if he actually, if he fucking miscontrolled it? And then someone put a video up with all his one-time finishes that he's that he's had uh, Nunes. So it, it's just bullshit. It's just people trying to discredit him because they've said he's going to be shit this season. He said he's not going to be any good for us. He's got 12 goal contributions in 14 games. He's only played two 90 minutes. And he, he's got a bet. He's averaging a, a, a goal contribution every 50 fucking eight minutes, something like that. You know what I mean? He's, he's fucking flying for us. This is the problem with social media, as we fucking discussed so many times, is that once someone made a statement that someone shit, they will die on that hill. Whether he could score fucking attack every week, they'll find fault in him because rather than just coming out and saying, you know what, it's a bit rash there with a bit of a knobhead, he is quality actually. They'll just die on the hill and they just make themselves a lot of cunts every week. Mm. But they, that mute button's getting better and better for me. <laughs> it's just it's just the way it is, unfortunately, with some of our fan base. I don't even call them fans, they're just bandwagon jumpers when it went well and when you know, because we never signed Harlan and stuff like that, they, they, they suck. But, you know, wouldn't I, as much as I, I admire Harland as a footballer, and I think he's brilliant, and he's he's a better goal scorer than Nunes, and probably always will be. I prefer Nunes. Yeah. He fits us. He's not arrogant. He doesn't strut around the pitch. He's involved in the game when the ball's not in the box. He runs. He fucking works hard. He's a Liverpool player. Harlan's hmm. a luxury Man City player. We've got a player who is like the epitome of everything we love in the game. The likes of, you, you know, we, we say about the likes of Dirk Kite and all that, Lucas Leiva, not technically the best players, but they give everything for you. Yeah. Let me punch this dog a sec because he's just chasing this tail. What are you doing? <laughs> um, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, Darwin Nunes is... It's a it's a testament to our scouting as well. I want to say because I seen something the other day that, um, so he was meant to come for a trial, a ten day trial at Liverpool, when he was still playing in Uruguay. Yeah, so when he was still playing in Uruguay, he was meant to come for a, a ten day trial at Liverpool, and he got injured, so we couldn't come for it. So you know, people were saying last season, "Ah, it's a panic buy. You've overpaid for him," and that's like, well, that just proves now he's been in our radar since before he even got to Europe. Um. I don't think... Do you know what? It's mad with the, the term panic by. We fucking bought him at loads of time left. Yeah. And he just tore us apart over two legs in Europe. You know what I mean? Over the, over two games in Europe. Absolutely stood out a mile. Looked phenomenal coming down that left. That's why we bought him. And he's again, he's 21, 22. He's a fucking young lad. It's the same as talking to you about Gravenberg. Like... Because he's had a bit of a bad spell at Munich. Oh, that's his career. Oh, he's fucking 21 years old. He hasn't even started yet. He's not even fully grown. No. Fucking hell. Give him a chance. Yeah. So, you know, I understand other fans wanting to, because that's what football's about. If your, play, your new player does something a bit shit, 
you love to highlight it, but not our own. Fucking no. get behind, stop being dickheads. But so yeah. I think it is. It is only the you won't see a person in the grounds or in the pubs around Anfield giving shit to any of these players now. You'll find a load on Twitter because they're just helmets. But you know, I think the said before about the Anfield atmosphere, it's fucking dying a bit. But you know, wait till the big games and. It picks up and Nunes mm. has scored goals like that in front of fucking 60,000 people. Yeah. Eventually, when the outfield goes open. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just, it's exciting, lads. You're getting players like him that he doesn't know what he's going to do. So no defender can know what he's going to do. And that's the beauty of some of our players. I think Sobosla is similar. Grabenberg is similar. They're fucking all working hard and no one thinks they're too big for the boots. They just, they just come in, put the red shirt on and they play for the fans and Fucking I'm proud of Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say, you know, you mentioned the Anfield atmosphere there, but that away end last night, for, again, from what I have seen and, and hear from them, that away end was fantastic. Um, yeah. Fair play One to them because. That as well. Yeah. What a fucking <laughs> journey. Fucking fair play to the lot of them. So, um, and, but that that's just a taste of what the atmosphere could be like if we had a fucking ground full of people like the away ends because away, the away atmosphere never. Disappointed with our fans, with a lot of fans. In fairness, um, do you know what, Jay? Do you know the problem? Sorry, lad. It it does sometimes, and it's more the closer games. So anywhere local, anywhere within an hour or two, where these fucking bandwagon jumpers can get tickets to, or do you buy them off touts and something? You see it, it, it it'll a bit dead. But Bournemouth, fucking miles away, about six seven hours away or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the arse end of the country, isn't it? Mission, right? You're not getting none of them going there. It's like in Europe, you're not getting none of them going to Napoli or Rome or Milan. They go to Madrid where it's nice and it's cute and the fans like us. They go to Dortmund. They don't go anywhere that's a bit out the way or a bit edgy. And that's Mm. where you get your best atmospheres, where your proper fans will fucking travel to. And it's just unfortunate now that there's just access to fucking every game. Anyone with a bit of money who wants to just go and say they've been can go. And it's it's fucking irritating. But no, say fair play to our fans there, mate. I'm just glad we fucking got the win for them. Because they deserve yeah, it. Imagine going there losing. Um no, but like I said, within the, within half of the next round, um obviously West Ham in the quarterfinals. Um it's it's gonna be a tough game. I mean, you know, I know Arsenal probably played a bit of a weekend side, but the way they dispatched the Arsenal was is just shows that you gotta fucking take them seriously in the next round. Do you know what? I fucking always hate playing West Ham in any competition. Yeah, I do. But, and do you know what? We, we often batter them. Hmm. We often fucking batter them, but they always, we always seem to find them in decent form. And, you know, obviously we're a better team than them. They, they could cause us problems on the day. We've just got to take it serious, as you're saying. We've got to go into that game expecting them to play their strongest side because that could put them in a fucking semi-final. Hmm. You know what I mean? And after the, the success they had last season, They'll have the, the taste for it. They'll want it. You yeah. know, they'll want to go and win a domestic cup and you've got a team capable of doing it based on what's left as well. For now. So, yeah, we've got to go and take it serious and think to ourselves, we could be we could be playing that and then we could be on our way to lifting a cup in February. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, obviously, looking ahead to the weekend, um, Luton away, going to be interesting to say the least um, especially for those who, who do travel down walking through someone's Kent to get into the ground and that um, it's going to be a bit mad but 
that's that's you know that these are the games that them Luton fans have been waiting for. That's these are the games that they've wanted. You know they haven't done this for for what 30, 30 odd years. Where never the last time they were in the top flight. Obviously, I know we had a FA Cup game against them um, back in two thousand and five, didn't we? And or two thousand six rather. Alonso. Alonso, yeah. When Gerard was fuming at him. Yeah. Because he didn't pass, but then he realised he scored and fucking started clapping a little fucking divvy. <laughs> it was hilarious that. Um but look, it's we've yeah, it's it's just gonna be a it's a great occasion for Luton. Um but again, you know, these players they're gonna they're gonna be t- turning up and wanting to fucking play out of the skins to try and get one over on Liverpool. So again, you've got to take it seriously and we've got to fucking just We've got to go and put the sword, put them to the sword. We've got to go and put three or four past them. I think we've got to make a bit of a statement. Yeah, again, we've got to go out like we did against Forest Lab and just go at them from the off. It's going to be, might be like, I'm not 100% sure what their fucking fans are like, but when Liverpool come to town, supporters tend to pick up, don't they? Mm. Uh, be like a cup final for them. You know, they will be living the dreams. They'll be excited all week for it. You know, a big game, seeing players like fucking Mo Salah and that run around you. You, someone's back on lads gonna be mad <laughs> but um, yeah fair play they, you know they took points off Everton they took points off Forest um, cost me my last man standing the bastards <laughs> but yeah you've just got to go and see them as another opponent and don't let the, the cup feel get in the way sort of thing don't let them get a moment where they can enjoy it trying and fucking ruin the fans day from the first minute Go out, score nearly goal, and, and batter them. But could be could be a hard game, lad. You know, when I, when I see Luton, I see that pitch from two thousand and five, and it's just the fucking little stadium, and it's just, it is. It just it feels like it'll feel like a cup game. Yeah, and Gerard falling over in his press conference, and that it's just <laughs> there's so many like fucking mad memories from that. Just that yeah. one game against oh, them. Lad. That's not going on the telly, is it? <laughs> um. So yeah, now nah, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it. Um. But yeah, I'm, uh, we don't do score predictions anymore because we just we jinx us every time. So I'm not even gonna. Um... What I will say, what I will say, <laughs> he's is... gonna give us score now. Fuck off. <laughs> no, no, it's one of them lads. They could, they could frustrate us to death. Um, they could frustrate us and sit in and absolutely fucking annoy us to death and play games. But I just think we'd be well too strong for them. Hmm. I think, and that's what I'm enjoying this season as well as teams that are sitting back against us. We're still getting through. Yeah. We've still got that power, you know, whether it be the likes of one pass through the middle from McAllister or a ball over the top from Sobers. Like we're just finding a way, and then you bring them players on like Graven Birch, and you've got fucking Jotter on one side, and you could have Nunes on the bench if if the was there. It's just the fucking squad's boss on middle. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not putting a score on it, but I'll say five now. <laughs> he didn't say that. I'm editing that out. Um, so right, let's uh, let's get on to the the questions we've got. Um, only the two this week, but the from obviously your little Jedi, because yeah. Um, so you know what to expect here a little bit already, but we'll get into them. Um, and then... just a quick one: if you do listen to us and you can hear us, throw us a question next week, please. Yeah, please send well those in. Um, yeah, Stop. more. <laughs> Everyone Hello. say hi to Buddy. Um, uh, but yeah, no, look, um, the more the merrier. 
if we get fucking 15 questions in an episode, we'll be flying. We won't have much of a match to talk about, like, but we'll be flying. Um, <laughs> then don't ask the next week. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then of after the the questions we've got, um, so this week I asked Jay to give me his top five players, Premier League only, he wish had a played for Liverpool. Um, because we had a lot of fun talking about our worst 11s last week, so I thought I'd try another one this week um, and have a bit of fun with that. So let's let's get into these questions. First one is shockingly normal, um, which is just, it sent me head even more west, to be honest, because it is so normal for them. But so we said, um, again, both from your little Jedi, I don't think I mentioned that. Um, we've had a better start to the season than we have expected, to be honest. Looking really good. At this point, what would a successful season look like for us? I'd take a top four finish with the Europa League and maybe a domestic cup, but we could challenge for the league itself. Totally agree. So as I've said, like I'm if you'd offered me if you'd offered me fourth on the Europa League now, based on how we're playing, I'd turn it down. I'd say no. I think we've got a bit more in the tank than that. Um hopefully we're on our way to a domestic cup already. We're doing well in the Carabao. Um, got to finish in the top four 100% that's a must that's obviously you get Champions League from the Europa League don't you mm. winning that so if we had to finish fifth and win the Europa League I'd rather win the Europa League than finish fourth and not win it do you get me yeah yeah um, rather have the trophy but no if you if you ask me now take the Europa League and a top four finish I'd turn it down because I think we're going to be well in the conversation beyond Christmas um, for that for that league title. And we'll say it quietly, but we're growing and growing in confidence. We're looking better and better. We're plugging away. We're winning points. We're not not too far behind. And Bruce Grobler called Tottenham the Christmas team because they come out and then after Christmas you put them away like your Christmas tree. So. <laughs> That's what that's where I'm at with it. I don't think they'll go go on for as long as they'd like to like to think. I don't think Arsenal are as strong as they, they could be. Um and we're just gonna fucking get as many points on Man City as we can, if possible. Before the likes of De Bruyne and that get back. Mm. But yeah, I think we can I think we can we can fucking win whatever we put our mind to. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think it depends when when you would have asked us if you would have asked us before the start of the season if we'd have took if I'd have took top four and the Europa League I would have bit your hand off. If you'd have asked me after the Chelsea game, I would have thought you were fucking mad. <laughs> but asking me right now, no, that's not would like you said, the way we're playing, where we are in the league, no, I, that's not good enough at this particular moment in time. I think, yeah, we've got to be looking at that league and thinking we can win this. Um, but you know when it gets to thirty games in the league season and we see where we are, we might still be able to say no. The league title is still where we want, where we where we're at. But it could be look top four is fucking practically sealed. Let's make sure we do that going in Europa League. Who knows where we are at that stage? So, like I said, I think it just depends when you're asking that question. Right now, no, I don't think that it it is a successful season. But I want more at this stage. Say, for instance, fucking touch wood, say, for instance, we had a, a horrible eight games where we were drawing and losing and just had it. We just had a twat of a run of form. 
Buckley finished fourth and got the Europa League final, you're still looking at comparing that to last season, you're going, fucking, yeah, Sam, you've got to take mm. it. The fact that, you know, going into November, we're, we're in a title race, you know, you can't look at that at the end of the season if we don't quite get there and go, oh, we fucked it up because we haven't. We're in no position to to get greedy and go, we should be winning the league, we should be winning the league because we shouldn't. We're in, we're in effectively, I'm seeing it as Klopp's first season, like his, first, like his current first season, you know what I mean? As a previous yeah. first season, sorry. We're in the Europa League, let's try and get to the final, let's try and qualify for the Champions League and then see where we go. But, I think we're pushing on a lot quicker than his, his previous team. I think yeah. he's, he's made this team. It's already his, his team from scratch. It's just, it's Jürgen Klopp's team and we've just got to enjoy it. But yeah, one yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, next question. Much, much more fucking weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you ready for this one? Brace yourself. Um, George Lucas has rang you. He wants you to do a Scout Star Wars Sorry, let me let me start that bit again. George Lucas is around, yeah. He wants to do a scout Star Wars. And you, for some reason, um, are the executive producer. Only rule is that all the cast have to be Reds. Name four players, past or present, who you're casting as Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader, and Jabba the Hutt. Fucking hell. Um, scouts, though. It's Scouts. I mean... Not, I mean, I don't know. The question's a bit weird because he said he wants to do a scout Star Wars, but then he's just said name for Reds past or present. So whether you want them, whether you want to do the more scouts or not, I think is up to you. <laughs> I think that just makes it even harder for yourself. Um, so who's the first one, Luke Skywalker? Luke Skywalker. So yeah, like you know, your hero, your the the main man of the whole franchise. Yeah, right. So that is going to be for me. Joe Fagan. Right. European Cup winner. Joe Fagan being at the club for years. So I'm having him as me, Luke Skywalker. Okay. Obi-Wan Kenobi. What's his role in the film? So man? like fucking <laughs> he's like Luke's mentor, if you like. He he shows him the fucking oh, way. Wait there then. <laughs> so Roy Evans. <laughs> I'm having Roy Evans. As me, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm having, I apologise. I'm having Joe Fagan. And then I'm having Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to be Bugsy, Money Moran. Yeah. Right. Um, Darth Vader. So, obviously, he's the fucking villain in the, it. The who, in the end, though, turns out he's, he's fucking, he's half all right because he's Luke's dad, which kind of makes it a bit weird. That can be Boy Evans. <laughs> <laughs> I love that as Boy Evans because he was he was like to Liverpool fans as manager, not a villain, but you know we never got the credit he deserved. Yeah, yeah. He, he inherited and stuff like that. And then I think once he retired and we, we got the success through Gerard Uli, I people realised that he went that bad. Still delivered. Yeah. He's a nice fella as well and a great servant to the club. So uh, do you know what, Mark lads? I've got a picture here. Like and I don't want to just I'll show you the picture, but it's them three. Where's this going? It looks like it looks like them with Will Ferrell, and I don't know who the fella is, lad. But <laughs> this to me is just Elf, and I don't know who it is, lad. 
well, I've got that then three, and then Will Ferrell smiling, so I can't put my finger on who that is. But then <laughs> Jabba the Hutt is Jamie Carrigan in it all fucking day. <laughs> fucking I'm awesome. stuck. I'm lost. Like, um, so yeah, Jabba the Hutt's gonna be Carrigan. It's okay. Be fucking. I can just see him looking like him and speaking in his accents. Dead fast and that, and I just think it'd be dead funny. <laughs> but only if Jabba the Hutt could have a Scouse accent, though. <laughs> right, okay. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I want to try and make it different to to what you've done. I'm gonna try and keep it all Scouse at the same time, like. But, um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Trent as Luke Skywalker. Um, you know, he's he's kinda he's gonna be the focal point of the team going forward, I think, for the next fucking ten years or so still. Um so yeah, I'll have I'll have him as me Luke Skywalker. Um I'll have I'll have Gerard as Obi Wan. Yeah. yeah, and it's the only one I could fucking think of, lad. Um Darth Vader, who can be Darth Vader? Um I was going to say Michael Owen, but I'm not having him. Um, you know what? Darth Vader, I'm going to have Steve McManaman. Because at the start, he was... Yeah, well, no, like, so the way I'm looking at it, you know, when he was playing for us, we all loved him. He left for Madrid in fucking, un, you know, rats uh, circumstance, basically. Said he was going to sign a new contract and that, and then just fucked off. Um, and now we just don't really like him because of his commentary. But it's like... If you'll watch Star Wars, the first three films, he's he's all good and that, and we love him. And then the next three films, you fucking hate him and want him to die. A bit. I'm not saying I want Steve McManaman to die, <laughs> but just sort of, it's the only way I can think of it. So, yeah, Steve McManaman's my Darth Vader. Um, and then Jabba the Hutt. Um, just because he's a cunt, I'm throwing uh, Elad's Juf in there again. He can be Jabba the Hutt. It's not Scouse, but he's not going to talk. He's just going to get shot in he so... Out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went dark there, didn't I? Okay, <laughs> you should be dark, mate. I know, yeah, fucking hell. Um, yeah, nice. See, this is what he does to us, lad. I, I can't ask his questions, but don't don't stop them. <laughs> um, right, and then so as I said, I asked Jay for his uh, <clears throat> top five players, Premier League only, who we wish to play for Liverpool. Um, and I've obviously done my five, so we'll, we'll do them one by one, a bit similar to last week. So. Um, no particular order, but who've you got? Who's your first one on your list? I haven't got a list <clears throat> because I had that many. And when I looked at my list, it was all like fucking obviously promising players, exciting players, and stuff like that. So I've gone a bit different. So I've started, I'm starting with a goalie that I wish we'd have had, Jordan Matami was at his team, and that's Peter Schmeichel. Hmm. We had David James and he was a fucking calamity mess. Um, so mine's my first one was Peter Schmeichel, who for me is the best goal I've ever seen, even though he played for them cunts. Yeah, I mean I like I do like that you've gone different and I was close to putting um I was close to putting Peter Czech in man, to be honest. Um because I just think that that first season, especially when Chelsea got him. You know, they only conceded 15 goals. I just, I, I remember watching them and just thinking, 
how the fuck are you meant to score past this twat? <laughs> yeah. he, he was class at that time, so yeah. But then, obviously, we went and got Reina, um, and it kind of balanced a little bit. I think at the time, they were comfortably the best two keepers in the league um, yeah. with Van der Sar, let's say. So, yeah, um, now I like that you've gone different. I have gone, you, you'd probably guess at least probably three of mine, if I'm being honest. So, my first one, Thierry Henry. Um, best player in Premier League who's who'd never played for Liverpool. Um, probably the best player. He's certainly top three Premier League players. At the, at, and that's probably being a bit harsh on him, like I'm being honest. Um, he was just phenomenal. He's He was just... He was ridiculous, lad. He he shouldn't he should have been playing for he should have been playing for a Barcelona or a Real Madrid for his whole career. Like he was too good for for Arsenal. Even though Arsenal were unbelievable at the time when he was there, he was still too good for them in a way. You know what I mean? He was just phenomenal. Yeah, well, he's on my list, so I'll have him as my second. And I talk about him, but he's he's my favourite non-Liverpool player of all time. I fucking loved how arrogant he was. He was like the Conor McGregor of the Premier League, but he fucking backed it up. Yeah. Um, time and time and time again. I loved the fucking, the jostles he had with our players. But even there was times when there's a fucking video of him steamrolling Carragher on the halfway line, just knocking him over and playing on. And you just in awe of him. He was fucking phenomenal. Like, absolutely magic. Yeah. So he's my... He's on my list because I think he's the the best Premier League player of all time. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to disagree. And you know, as you say, even though he's played for one of the best teams probably ever to play, he still stood out a mile. Mm. With you know, fucking else, they had some superb players, but he he stood out a fucking country mile mm. in the league and for Arsenal. So yeah. yeah. I think my favourite video, like I ever I keep seeing it, Henry, is one from when Arsenal played Madrid at the Bernabeu and he p- picks the ball up in his own half and he's doing it to waste time and he just picks the ball up, he knocks it knocks it ahead, jogs, he's faster than everyone else on the pitch, just jogs to get the ball and then it gets tackled and gets put out for a throw-in and he just walks away looking at, like, not looking at the camera, but, you know, he just walks away with this fucking, it was just a sort, it was, it was one of them where he's just going, yeah, I'm the fucking man. Um, yeah. He was just, and he knew. Yeah, and he that, did. That, that was great to see, like a player who backed himself up that much. And then he done the Vava Room advert, and it's fucking Easton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so obviously, Henry was your second one. My second one. Um, you know what? I've actually got three Arsenal former Arsenal players on man, but uh, next one, Dennis Bergkamp. Um, there was just there was something about him. I think Van Persie was a little bit sort of the same mould as him and I think Berbatov was a little bit as well. Um Berbatov more, I think just the touch, the sort of but Berbatov was like so nonchalant about it. He was just like, I'm not asked. Yeah, I can control the ball without looking at it and then I'll play a fucking no look pass. And he's just dead blase about it. Like and it just he weren't asked. But I don't know, Bear Camp was Bear Camp was the sort of original Firmino for me. Everything sort of went through him. He was the he was the cog that kept everyone ticking, sort of thing in that attack. And I just think he was, just think he was phenomenal. And then obviously that Newcastle goal, you never get tired of seeing it. Oh, it's mad as well. I watched the sh- watched the show. I that's my that's my trick now is what I've done it for years. 
ball comes to me back to goal, try and flick it that way and go that way. It doesn't work as good as him, like, but <laughs> that's why I've done both knees in. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, what's, the, what's the show of him, lad? And the start of him, like, he struggled. Hmm. You know, he had, he had a tough time to begin with, and then all of a sudden it just clicked. And I think, where was I going to say? It was where? Went to Amsterdam, went on the Axe Tour, and big pictures of, of Bergkamp there. And I think they won the Europa League while he was there, but he was sick and never got to play. So they, they obviously thought that much of him. They fucking took the cup to his room. Fucking and there's a picture of him in bed in his jammies and that with the cup. So, yeah, fucking fantastic player again. Um, you could probably pick most most of them from Arsenal. Yeah. My next one's Arsenal and it's Vieira. <laughs> it's, it's Vieira because, again, I just loved... I loved how he played the game. I loved how elegant he was, how he strided or strode, is that the word? <laughs> but the way, the way he just moved on and off the ball was just like you could watch him without the ball and still be in. He had a presence about him. Fucking tall, hard fucking fella who got stuck in, fucking defended his own team. And when he scored, they were often fucking belters. Yeah. So, like, I, I hate all this this conversation. Like, is it Gerard Lampard or Scholes? I put Vieira at of Scholes. Mm. And I, I think if you take away Lampard's penalties, you, you, you're taking a lot of goals off him. And he was a brilliant player and a brilliant team, Lampard. But for me, well, Vieira could do a little bit of everything, a bit more like Gerard, I think. Yeah, um, he, he's my other Arsenal player, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just think, like, at that time when he was at his at height of his powers at Arsenal and, you know, we had sort of our midfield too, was mainly sort of Gerard and, and Haman. And, like, Haman was great for us, don't get me wrong, he really was. And, um, you know, I don't think it can be underestimated how, how, how much he actually did do for us, even if he's a fucking massive helmet these days. Um, but, like, imagine if... Put on one today, aren't you? I know, yeah, I've, I'm fuming for some reason, aren't I? Um, no, but, like... Um, imagine if Gerard Aviera next to him is the way I look at it and just think we would have we would have been on another fucking another level if he was there next to Gerard. And yeah, I agree with you. I think he could do a bit of everything. Like Gerard, obviously not quite as prolific goal scorer wise, even as Gerard, but then you know, I think if you'd if you would have had Vieira doing the sort of defensive bits and letting Gerard stay further forward. Gerard would have scored so many more goals. We would have conceded so many less with with Vieira in the team. Like, I just think he was. I just think he was. He just oozed class, didn't he? he? Was elegant. He was fucking. Yeah, he was just. He was a. He was an absolute Rolls Royce of a midfielder. Yeah, I just used to love the battles, like the likes of him and Gerard going in two footed on each other, and the respect was there. It was like a boxing fight at times. Mm. You know, it was the same with Key. You know, the respect's there that you're a good player and you're a hard man. But I think I'm harder. And I'm gonna go mm. in first tackling, and you just fucking love them games and miss them games. Yeah, I miss the fucking the animosity and the fucking the the hunger where you you risk to hurt or be hurt. You know what I mean? In them games, and that's what yeah. they were all about. It I mean, blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, you look at it. It was you know you had Keane, Keane and Vieira was the rivalry for Arsenal and United. Now and you go into that game now, and it's Odegaard versus Fernandez and. Not the same, is it? Like, don't get me wrong. Oh, the guard's a, a very good player, 
um, Fernandez when he's not sulking like a little bitch can be a good player. But it's like you never got that with either a keen or Vieira. It was like you're going to try and break my leg. All right, I'll get up and try and break yours. <laughs> Do you know this is why I love Keane as well because Keane, like Keane's struggling to come to terms with how football's going, and I think majority of proper football fans who love the game are as well. You know, we don't want to be seeing fucking like these picks going down old in the red now because they know it's going to stop the game when they haven't been touched. Stuff so they need to just quash that rule. Shit. Players shaking hands in the tunnel before games and like giving the mates a hug before they go out on the pitch. You're from the same country and stuff like that. It's fucking pathetic. Like, mm. you know, you would never see Vieira and Keane fucking even make eye contact in the tunnel before it. No, we've only got to look at, you know, you, you see that video with uh, Gary Neville with Schmeichel when Schmeichel went to City and they were on the wrong side of the tunnel and Schmeichel, like, hey, you're over there. And Gary Neville just looks at him and blanks him head yeah, down I- completely. Like, but Gary Neville probably thought, I hate you. Like, never speak to me again in your life because you've joined City. But you don't you don't get that animosity anymore. And that's why no. the games aren't as feisty. No, that's it. It's a uh, say even. Even Sunday League, if I was playing against the mate, I wouldn't fucking speak to him, even the night before. I'd just go play, see him as a, another person, and then after it, go for a pint. Yeah. You know, fucking kicks me, I kick him. It's not like, what are you doing that for, you mate? It's a fuck off, you're an opponent. And it's just, I think it's gone a bit like that now, where fucking players are protecting the mates. It's a bit shit, but yeah, that's why Vieira's in my team, because he's a fucking nutter. But he's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, class. Um, so obviously and it, I said, was between, it was between him and Roy Keane as well. Was it, yeah. Absolutely love Roy Keane. But, but I just think you'd end up fucking playing with 10 men most weeks. You know, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, yeah, obviously Vieira was mine. So who was your, who was your next one? My fourth, JJ Kotcher. Oh, all right. That's an interesting one. So, JJ Kotcher, I think, whilst he was at Bolton, you know, it was more... Don't get me wrong, like a highlight reel on JJ Kotcher. Seen snippets of him on Match of the Day, even doing keep ups and flicks over players and Megan plays and the step overs and putting the ball into the fucking roof of the net and stuff. And he was just magic. I just think of like imagine he adding the play for Bolton. Like, imagine he'd have played for a fucking top side, not like a team who were like at that time with fucking out. Bolton had an half decent side. I think they had Yaskalan and goal. Um, fucking Ivan Campo centre half. Yeah. They had Davies, who was like an, a bit of an Alan Shearer up front, scored goals, bullied. So they had, they had players there who, who could fucking cause you problems. Yeah. Here, or man. fucking Yori Jokhaev. Um, yeah, that's the fucking team. <laughs> but they were still always like, you know, probably finished 6th to 12th. Mm. Most seasons they ain't never gonna push into your or say eight to twelve. But um To be fair, they finished I mean the season we finished fifth when we won the Champions League, they finished sixth they, on the same point as us. But they, just say they had they had a few decent years, but they, they had too many like yard dogs playing for them at the time as well. Yeah. Obviously, and you've got the likes of Sam Allardyce as your manager. Doesn't I don't know whether he managed the culture actually. But yeah, he, you know, like, he was not even bought him. That sort of that sort of manager with a player like JJ Kotcher seems wasted on me. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't know what you mean, like, but imagine him running down the wing for us, ladding through the middle and just Yeah, he would have been bossed. With the likes of fucking Gerard in there and 
you know, at the time, probably fucking Robbie Fowler. Yeah. No, it would have been, it would have been yeah. mad. He was, he was a great player, to be fair. And I think it's just a shame we didn't really... I think it's a shame he was only here for a couple of years. Um, and, yeah, he was great for Bolton. And if we're being honest, like, he, I think he... He'd probably gone from PSG, you know, he was playing alongside Ronaldinho at one stage. Um, and then he's rocking up to fucking Greater Manchester to play for Sam Allardyce. It's like it's a fucking mad it's a fucking nightmare. World, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what I, mean. I just think like he must have been getting punished or something. <laughs> he's done it at decent levels before he went to Bolton, played with superb players, and I think he was a bit older when he, he signed for them, like, but he still fucking rocked the boat, you know what I mean? He was yeah. a Pleasure to have in the league. You you sort of like I don't know what it is. As a kid, I Master Day comes on now and I watch Master Day and I watch Liverpool. And then if Liverpool are on first, I'll turn it off. I'm not asked. Whereas when I was a kid, you'd sit there with like teletext all day and you'd see like you you it'd be registered in your head every team that was playing and every player that was playing and every player that had scored and you get familiar. You collect the footy stickers and you couldn't wait to see them on the telly as well. So when we used to sit down on a Saturday night to watch Max today, you were looking forward to seeing the likes of JJ Cotter and that. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's he going to do today? And yeah, great, exciting. Yeah. Great. You're definitely going to go out and buy the sticker album now, aren't you? <laughs> going to fans, I'm on Ultimate Team, man. <laughs> um, so my, my next one. Um, was is uh, Gianfranco Zola? Um, he was gonna be in mind, but I'm gonna take him out now. Yeah, so again, he's just another one. I think he was just he he was probably too good. He was he was a very flair player. I think he was a bit of a yeah. He was just I don't know. He was just magic with the ball at his feet, lad. He didn't score the he didn't score the greatest amount of goals or, or anything like that. But he was just there was just something about him. He was just. Yeah, you just you couldn't help but watch him when he was playing. Like if you'd be watching a Chelsea game, and bearing in mind this is before you know Chelsea before they had the money, um, when they were sort of they were decent, they weren't they weren't good like they they had been until now where they just sort of shit again. Um, but no, <laughs> when at that time before they had the money, he was he was a standout, massive standout player for them, and you just couldn't help but but watch him. And I think he I think he was a bit of a one of them where a bit chaotic in a way that I don't think you really he knew what he was doing all the time but nobody else did I think he was just you were watching him thinking all right yeah he's got he's one on one with a defender here he could do four different things here and the defender hasn't clue which you guys have got a clue which one he's going to do he was just he was ridiculous he was he was such a good player and I think they got him at a really cheap price and stuff like that it just it was just perfect for them I think they'd they done that a bit at that time though Chelsea didn't they had like they had Gianni Huviali um they had Ruth Hullard in there at, at a time, like they had fucking Tori Andre Flo. Um they always seem to get these these players. I know Flo didn't really do too much for them, but Hasselbank, another one. These even though they weren't great, they still always managed to pull out these these players who were exciting to watch at that time. And you know, this was at a time when, you know, you, you didn't dislike Chelsea because they weren't really a, a, an interest to you, but you could appreciate the players that they had. This is mad because me and Jordan with Liverpool and Everton when no one else would be out playing footy we'd play a game and it was Chelsea we we called the game was called I'd knock for Jay and say do you want to play Chelsea and we'd go out and we'd just both be on the same team with no goalie 
and we'd run up and down the street, passing the ball to each other and commenting and being Chelsea. And we'd be like, Desaye, to flow, to Zola. <laughs> and that's and it was that's what we used to play. And we'd play it for hours. Because yeah. he just enjoyed it. And we'd try and do the Zola flick and stuff like that. And then Jay would do his Achilles in, take his sock <laughs> off, go around it. Fucking great. Um, yeah. So, like, I was... Uh, I've always loved Marcel Desaye. I've always loved him. And I was going to put him in. Um but I want someone a bit more exciting, so I'm still thinking. But yeah, Zola, fucking great player again. Separate trends for the likes of them small players with low sense of gravity and the way they move the ball, like your Suarez and your Messi's. Um, just could skip past the player and then turn him again and then turn him again. He don't quite know what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to talk to someone out <laughs> the fucking. Out of the ordinary, it would have really loved to have seen it, Liverpool. Who is it? Who's your last one? Going to go with my last one, okay. Uh, my last one is more just, I want to say it's a bit of sentiment behind it. Like, I've gone with Sergio Aguero, and I just think, you know, he was a Liverpool fan as a kid. That his dream would have been to play for Liverpool. Um, and at the time when they got him, I think, I think we we still had Suarez, but we also had Andy Cardell. And I just think to myself, just imagine if we'd have gone and got Suarez and Aguero. Like, it, it wouldn't have been fair for one, but, like, it just would have been great. And he, you know what? He he was just... You knew he was going to score. Every game against us, you knew he was going to score. Didn't matter if it was a consolation and we beat them 3-1 or if he'd fucking score at <laughs> and he'd batter us. You just knew he was going to fucking cause trouble. I remember the one where he's fucking... For some reason, Rainer's decided to have a jog in the middle of the pitch, and he's took it round Rainer and scored from the most stupid of angles. And I've gone to myself, "How the fucking hell have you scored that?" But he was just that type of player, lad. He, he was, he was magic. He wasn't exactly the most flashy player, or but he was so, um, he, his impact was just huge. And I think he was just, I think he was brilliant. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I think at the time we would have fucking absolutely loved him. Yeah, fucking superb striker. One of the. I think what we were doing it um, for whatever reason, Sam started quizzing me on the Premier League and the amount of times his name come up for like, I think maybe the most hat-tricks, mm. most goals against the same opposition, stuff like that. Um, fucking superb player. And at the time when Man City were just becoming good and you weren't too asked about seeing them winning, I celebrated his goal against QPR like it was one of ours. Um, I couldn't yeah. wait to get to me, man, can make Paul and be fucking and just buzz off them yeah. because it was Aguero. That was <laughs> it's iconic, as, isn't it? As a Liverpool fan as well, lad, we fucking hit the roof. We were delighted. It weren't like now if that was happening now, it'd be the lesser of the two evils. I think I fucking ate the both of them. Um, hmm. But yeah. And a player like him again, who's never really had any arrogance, he's never done anything wrong. He's always been model professional and looked after himself and absolutely fucking phenomenal player. He, he'd also be on my list. <laughs> now mine was a mine was a mine's more modern as well, and it was it's gonna be Kevin De Bruyne, but it's it's David Silver. And because we were linked to him. Yeah. And we were linked to him and you know there was a time where we thought we were gonna fucking get him. And 
for what he's done in our league, you know, he's still the he's the pinnacle of anyone who can pass a ball through the middle, anyone who can pick out a pass out or not or unlock a tight defence. That's the first player you think of, isn't it? You yeah. think of him. And fair play to the Bruin because he's he's right up there in the sense of he can do it as well. But Sil- I think Silver was different because I, I think it's similar to Aguero. It's at a time when City they were only just starting to become good. It's not like they were all dominant at that point and they signed Silver and you've gone to yourself, fucking hell, that that's a game changing signing. When they go from there to there, yeah, when, exactly. Um, um, I think his impact is is I think De Bruyne has been better for them over the course of his career, but I think David Silva's impact is greater than what De Bruyne's has been. Yeah, I think just like as much as I like De Bruyne, I feel like even when he does stuff normal, they fucking dramatise it. He yeah. plays a ball into feet and they're like, oh my God, how does he do this? And you're like, fuck off, Trent does that 10 times a game. <laughs> yeah. like, what are you on about? But with David Silva, you know, you'd look at, you just, you'd look at how are we getting through there? How how's he, how's he got through that gap? Yeah. Um, the ball like two defenders stood together and he's found a gap between both legs and he's just a fucking fantastic yeah. player again like he was he was one of them he, he seen passes that weren't there um yeah. he, he seen, played the game uh, like it was like an out of body experience with him he, it's like he could see what he could see from overhead like fucking bird eye view what yeah. was happening what was about to take place and he'd bypass everyone yeah. he was just that he was just too quick in the mind. That's it's, it's to be fair, it's a bit like Thiago. Mm. Thiago's similar in that sense where like Thiago can be looking that way and play a pass diagonally that way. No way you're gonna be. And you're thinking, fucking hell, how has he done that? And they just play the game in a different dimension. They're just too clever. Sometimes yeah. too, too clever for their own goals. But mm. yeah, David Silver. But, but like but my five side team there, Schmeichel and goal, Vieira. Could sweep up at the back. JJ Kotcher, <laughs> David Silva, and Thierry Henry. That's fucking sick, that isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you put it on paper, it's fucking even better. Um, tell you what, then give me, give me one more. But this one is uh, not never played in the Premier League. Ronaldinho. Okay. Ronaldinho, just again, just for the the pure pleasure of watching him do his thing. Like, fucking hell. I'm lucky enough to see him when we played them. Um, when we beat them in fucking, well, they beat, they beat us. I think, was it 2007? Well, um, the bar from by the halfway line, lad. Um, Barca, I, I mean, Barca beat us in the home leg in the Champions League that season but we'd beat them in the new camp if that's what the game you're on about yeah yeah we beat them there and then they beat us 1-0 but we won on away goals yeah 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 that was the, the Bellamy one weren't it yeah yeah so they they was beating us 1-0 and the same thing happened either good Johnson missed in the fucking last minute to put them through and it we hit we hit the fucking we hit the bar almost a so called but again like I've, I've Players you look forward to seeing. I've been lucky enough to see the likes of your Messi, your Ronaldo's, Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, fucking Trezeguet, Ibrahimovic. I've seen them all live. And 
fucking sand man, isn't it? <laughs> but um, him, not not because of what he done live. Just what I've seen him do for other teams. That goal against Chelsea is one mm. of my favourite goals of all time, where he just stops it dead and toys it around the defender. Yeah. It's fucking out of this world. The audacity to do it. The, the little shimmy before it and the way he hits it is like, it's a fucking toy. If someone scored that in school, you'd fucking scream at them, saying you <laughs> fucking toy that, you little rat. But the way he does it, the, yeah. the way the elegance is popping up, but the elegance and how he does it, it looked like an art. It looked slow mm-hmm. motion. And, you know, I don't know how, how well he'd have fitted our team, but even just watching him fucking warm up before it, yeah. you know, special. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's always going to be someone who, whose name pops up in in these sort of little false scenarios that we create. I think for me, his prime just wasn't quite long enough. I think he was unbelievable for Barcelona, but I think he was only there. I think he only really done it at the high high level for two or three years. Um, I, for me, it's it's close, and I I would say Ronaldo R nine. Um, because I think he's the best striker I've ever seen in my life, and he was just unbelievable. And if he never had knees made of Weetabix, you, you, Messi and Ronaldo's goal records would have been fucking miles away. Like Ronaldo would have fucking absolutely destroyed them in that sense. Um, but for me, I think I've got to go with Zidane. I think Zidane is just my favourite non-Liverpool player. Ever, he remember was... when he blocked the houses on the Mersey line? <laughs> <laughs> we were linked to him near the end. I know, but a lad, he was just—I don't—I don't—he was just special. He could—he could do absolutely everything. He was the most. I said it before with Vieira, like elegant, but like Zidane was another level. He was just—he could do absolutely everything, lad, and he made everything look so easy. And then you see compilation videos of him now, and like it's. it's he does this he used to do this thing lad and it'd be his first touch and his first touch would be a cruise turn <laughs> it's like who fucking yeah. does that where he'd like trap it from the air yeah yeah no do you know what lad Fuck. phenomenal player absolutely phenomenal I remember getting everyone to ask to watch England verse fucking France years ago and he scored and it weren't even the time when I hated England I was still young still it was just a game of footy to me yeah. how you want England to win and fuck me, I celebrated that goal because you couldn't not. It was fucking boss. Yeah. Uh, and, you, you know, the people in ours were fucking wounded. And I'm like, you've seen the dance score. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, fucking fantastic player. And again, as you've just said, you know, he, there's times there when you slow down what he does. It looks like he's playing with kids in the back garden and he's mm. playing fucking like Real Madrid fucking versus Juventus or whatever. You know what I mean? You're yeah. like, Fuck me, you're playing in one of the biggest games. You're playing in Champions League finals where you're scoring volleys from the edge of the box. You know, it's not normal. I, I mean, you, you talk about that goal in the, in the final, and I think it was against Leverkusen, money. And, like, it's it's an unbelievable finish, and the technique and just everything about it is is mad. And then, from a from a critical point of view, from Leverkusen's side, I look at it and go, why are you giving Zinedine Zidane that much space on the edge of the box? I don't care how high the ball is in the air. 
and that he's about he's he set himself for the volley three minutes before it's come down and it's his foot. You're giving him too much space. I don't care where he is on the pitch, never gives a damn space. But he was the type of player that it didn't matter. You could put four players around him, box him in, and he'd fucking get out with the ball somehow. And then it's so, so clear. it's like it's hard to even like like the way people analyze stuff, like I don't even know what you'd analyze on him. He was just good at getting out of gaps. Just good it was at just getting... unbelievable. Players first touch like you're lining up how you're gonna tackle him and he's done. Yeah, <laughs> that's Great it. Play. You know, he's he's running up defenders and they're thinking how we how they're gonna tackle him and he's already celebrating the goal in his head. <laughs> it's mad lad. And that, that, that's where your best players are. They, they play a different game, they're just a they're a level above everyone. Like mm. even you think of some of the players that were around when Zidane was there and he made them look shit because yeah. of how he was, you know what I mean? Unbelievable. But there is videos, there's like a, a compilation video of him like doing all the touches and the skills. It's not, not necessarily his goals or his assists. It's, it's what he done when he received the ball. And there's, there's times where there's like four or five fellas just chasing him around in a circle and he's just spinning the aircraft in and there, Megan won. And you're like, fuck, it's like playing. Like like Jordan's our fella used to have us in the, in the front garden. And he'd be fucking there shielding the ball. And then he'd make you, wait, wait. It was like that, lad. When <laughs> we were five. And he's a fucking yeah. fucking good old man. Just buzzing off you. That's what yeah. it was like for Dan. Unbelievable player. Um, well, look, lots of fun again. Um, it's It's been a long one again. I appreciate it again, like last week. Everyone who's, who's stuck around for this long to actually listen to every... And I, I daily do appreciate it because this is a long one again. So, yeah, massive thank you. But... Um, gonna end it, end it nice and quickly there. Um, just yeah, let's let's fucking get the win on Sunday. Let's let's go and ruin someone's. Uh, let's go and ruin some Luton fans' afternoon, and then you know go and have a couple with fucking Brenda while she's hanging a washing out in the back in behind the goal. Um, she does the most. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, but look until next week. Up the Reds. Up the Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.